0: The Eddie B-Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Gittin. Masechet Gittin has been sponsored by our good friend and loyal Talmud of the Yomi, Mr. Haymi Dana, and his dear wife, Hashem Mishmirem M'Chayim. He has dedicated this Masechet according to the following principle. Our Rabbis tell us that when you learn something, it can avert that item from happening. So we'd like to learn the Masechet Gittin, so it will remain in the theory of learning and never come to fruition in actuality. And therefore it should be blessed him and his dear wife and all of Cloud Yisrael with shalom נטלחן הרפוחה בקול מאסירי דהמ אмин. דעפתי תרשים Amen we begin today's Daf on Zain Amud Bet and we're gonna with uh, we're gonna begin with, uh, with Amar Bizerah let's just review what we're discussing over here, a discussion that we went on last daf Discussion is the waters of Elis Israel. How do you consider the waters of Elis Israel? Basically a person rode a git on a boat. Well, the person wrote a get on a boat. We want to consider it since you're in uh, the, uh, the 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 sea space of Eretz Yisrael. Is that considered Eris Yisrael or not? Well, actually, we have a stira between two braytah. One brayta said you don't have to say before I One said you do have to say the I How do we reconcile the brayta? We want to say that both braytah are in the shi'itav of the Be'udah. What is the Yehuda? The Yehuda didn't talk about getin. The Yehuda talked about another law called the law of taking land. Let's say land, right? Putting it on a boat. Planting it on the boat in the sea space of Eris Yisrael. Now, we're talking about, as she points out, the boat is made out of hiris, and therefore that's considered as if it's connected to the ground of the sea space, and therefore it's considered in the ground of Eris Yisrael, only on one condition, but according to the that the boat is actually grounded. That so long as the bottom of the boat is touching the floor of the ocean bed, so therefore it's considered as if the earth that you put on the heres boat has been grown in Eretz Yisrael. Nafkamina, <inaudible> minah, and all the other laws that apply to Eretz Yisrael, including Shemitah. However, if the boat is moving, meaning it's not touching the base of the, uh, of the seabed, that according to the Be'ehudah, does not have a status of Eretz Yisrael. What does that do to our reconciliation of the bright thought? Now we can say, the time that we said, that if a person writes again, he does have to say it. It's talking where the boat is grounded. Mm-hmm. The boat is touching the base of the boat is touching the floor bed of the river, and therefore it's considered and it's a sail. That when it said it's like chutz la'aris. That's talking where the boat is not touching the ground. I should point out that it doesn't matter the nyan what the boat is made out of, even if it's a steel boat. I only said That's the nyan Masrot and shemitah. But the Inyan gitin, the point is, is the boat grounded or not? That's the way we wanted to reconcile. Once we gave this reconciliation, the Gemara wants to go discuss another argument and another discussion. So he says, Okay, you okay. have an Atzitz, uh, it's a flower pot, and the flower pot has a hole on the bottom. It's Nakuv. Okay, and you suspended it over four poles in Eretz So it's suspended over the land of Israel. You planted in that flower pot. The question is: Is that considered planting? In Israel or not, the it's not touching the ground. It's over the airspace of the ground of Israel. So Kabbalah says, Well, we'll say it's the same argument between a biyuda and the Chachamim. What is that argument? So let's read the Ashi. in the bottom line, she says, We just like according to Chachamim, that they said that the water... Is not an interference to the ground, which means they Achim said that the water under the boat does not separate between the boat and the ground. It doesn't have to be grounded according to the banan. So, two airspace is not going to separate between the Atsit Shin and the ground. Therefore, it's going to have a deen of Erez is Israel. So she continues. So, the air, just like the water, serves as an interference on the boat, so too the airspace will serve as an interference in the nakuv. And therefore, it's not going to be Deen of Erizzel, de Deoraita, to mean Hayav in Ma'asot and Shemitah. So the wants to link the Machlokan of the boat to the Machlokan of the seats comes to and says not so fast maybe the arguments are not linked which is maybe the Biuda only said his deen over there because a boat is destined to move and therefore that's why he says the word has to be grounded but Aziz uh, is inanimate it's not going anywhere it's staying in its position no maybe he'll agree that since it's in its position it doesn't stay to move that even though there's an airspace separation it's considered part of the ground go the other way now over there by the boat maybe the rabbi said it's considered attached to the ground because it's not being separated by airspace the water is just considered like an extension to the ground so it's like we consider it thick ground but here we have a legitimate airspace. Nothing's no no mass in between the ground and the uh, flower pot. No. Maybe they won't even maybe they'll say it's like a attached to the ground, which means just because you know the sheet by the boat doesn't necessarily tell you the sheet by the uh by the it's not cool. Look at the sheet, the lo sik avirah, ben la and shum avir, which means on the boat there's no there's no space in between the boat and the ground. Um what about the water? We just consider it like an extension We consider it like a thickness of the ground And therefore it will not be ifsik But again, avir could be ifsik So therefore don't link the machloka together Right, that's what the rabbanan. I could argue and say The ground and the, 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 the water is connected Ifsik Comes the Gebrana and that gives another answer. Again, what are we trying to answer? The Tzidon, the Braita, One Breita says on a boat, you have to say Mefunay Ikhtab, and one says if you already get on the boat, you don't have to say Mefunay How do we reconcile? So the first answer we reconcile is the Biuda, both of them, and one is talking about where the boat was grounded, and one says the boat was not grounded. Now we go to the next answer. If it's in the rivers of Yisrael, that what rivers are considered just like landmasses, Eretz the rivers are made it sail also. there's no mont- so we're, we're, we're taking that off the table even the Behuda everybody agrees whether you're grounded whether you're not grounded the, the, the land space and the sea space is the same thing look at that sheep Fourth line Even if the boat is not grounded the ta'ama, get. What's the logic of the get? I don't care if it's touching the ground or not It's that's, that's, that's not a law in agriculture What's the purpose of the, of the thing? Is it Israel or not? So bottom line, you're in the space of Eretz Yisrael, do they know the Shema, if if, if it has the status of Eretz Yisrael, so I don't care if it's getting a a, a, a yinikah from the ground or not, the point is if it's in the sea space of Eretz Yisrael, it says, so where's the Mahloketan? You know what a Mahloketan over here is? The Mahloketan is actually in the Mediterranean. Now, regarding the Mediterranean, I'd like to speak outside for a moment. There's a very basic fundamental mahlokit. It's easier when we're going to say it outside than to get it inside with all the technicalities because we we'll we'd have to start making maps again over here. Now, in order to get it outside, just to get a clarity, there's a fantastic mahlokit between Rabbanan and, and Rabi huda in the borders of Eris Israel on the Mediterranean side. How far into the Mediterranean is still considered Eris Israel? Look, Rabbanan hold that they draw a point. we know the Mediterranean is on the west side, obviously, the western front of Edis So, what the rabbis basically do is they draw points from Horahar, which is in the north, it's all bordering on the Mediterranean, Horahar, and to the south, Egypt. Okay, they draw a line from those two points, Horahar to Misraim. And actually, when you draw that imaginary line, of course, it actually cuts into the Mediterranean itself because they go into the Mediterranean. So they have a part of the Mediterranean uh, going uh, north to south from Horaar to Misraim that is considered Iris yes. Israel. If let's say you would have an island, okay, from that imaginary line going eastward towards the land. That's gonna have a dean of eight or seven. If you plant on that landmass, it's masrot, it should be eight. And even more interestingly, if you would have a landmass that's Above the line and beyond the line I meaning a big island let's say Half of it you know, goes to the east And half of it goes to the west So the land is split by that imaginary line The land that's beyond the line to the east Is going to be following uh, The one that's beyond that imaginary line to the west Is uh, considered status. That's the way the rabbis Consider the Mediterranean Rabbi Yehuda has a different shita And it's a novel shita Rabbi Yehuda says like this Instead of drawing your lines from uh, imaginary line north-south, draw imaginary lines east-west, which means like this. From the same points, basically, from Hodahar, to the top of the mountain, to this place of Misraim, let's say. or take it across, a different place, but basically it's the same area. That is your width. That landmass, you have a width, the Mediterranean across that whole width across the entire world as the dean of Erich Yisrael which means once you get because the Mediterranean is very wide obviously right. but as long as you're within that width of the, from the mountain uh, uh, on the north side Right? Draw a line east-west, cross, and draw a line east-west from the Bottom. Egypt. That width of allowed to go all the way across the Mediterranean, all the way to Ukianos, all the way to the Atlantic Ocean, wrapping around. Wow. Anything that's within that um, width of the Mediterranean has a deen of say, which is a tremendous, tremendous thing. Now, according to the that would come out that anything that is beyond, the islands that are beyond, meaning the north border, or the south border. So of course I'm not gonna say it is slave, but anything that's inside that that's connected to that landmass will have a deen of it is that. that is the Mahlokit by borders. Now let's apply that to Gitim. Let's say you have a boat, back to the boat, in the Mediterranean, and you passed the line of Hachamim, to the west, but you're still within the width of the Yudah. So the Be'udah would call that boat in Israel. Whereas the Rabbanan are calling the boat in Hutzaharis. Yes. So that's the Mahlokun in The Braiton you has to say, B'fanay nechtam, B'fanay nechtam, we're considering it Hutzaharis, Ali, B'ad, Rabbanan. And the Yeshita that says that it's considered Eris Yisrael, that you don't have to say, B'fanay nechtam, B'fanay it's the Be'udah according to the way it breaks up. That's the Gemara in in the shortest form that we could say it, now we just have to read it inside and how to get it. But that's basically the image that you have to have in your in your mind. And this machalokid. Now we read it inside. The Gemara says like this: britannia Eres regarding the Mediterranean. Now Kol Amnon Eres now you have the mountains of Amnon, Ture Amnon. So anything, go to the top of the mountain of Amnon, anything going from the slope, the Difnim, towards Eris Yisrael, towards the east, is considered Eris Yisrael. And from the Ture Amnon, sloping the other way, is going to be considered Khutsaz. The, that's the first item. They even have a, a picture. Uh, over here, where you see your Torah, I'm It's actually in the north. It's in the north of the Mediterranean, north side of the Mediterranean. So they're telling you, sloping towards the land is the land. Anything sloping uh, towards the ocean is considered hutzva'ares. However, hanisin shebayam, hanisin is the islands. The islands that are in the Mediterranean. Ro'in o'tan. How do you look at them? Ki'ilu hut matua alehin. We look like there's an imaginary string is From those mounds, draw a line down, straight down to to the south. Now, Minahut anything from that imaginary line towards the east, it is Israel. Minahut anything from that imaginary line to the west, and basically like I'm telling you, as you see in the picture, it does cut into a little of the Right, You see part of the Yamatikhul is going to be considered and any island that's, in that water space, is going to be considered That's Eris Israel. That's basically Nabalan's the, the opinion. Hmm. Be now, no. Anything that is parallel to the width of Eris Yisrael in the Mediterranean is Eris Yisrael. And, and the, the border on the Mediterranean side, Vaya lachem ayam magadol ugbul zayel lachem gevul yam. From the fact that Torah uses the word gevul twice, so it's coming to extend the gevul all the way across the Mediterranean. Have we seen Shabbetz and the islands that are on the side, which means? past the northern border and past the <coughs> southern border, which is not within the parameters that we're talking about. We make the imaginary line which means from Kapodia until the Yamakas to the Atlantic Ocean, mm-hmm. which means Kapodia is, is the same place where Orahar was, basically. It's the top of Orahar. Draw a line from there all the way across, east west, wow. all the way to Ukiyanos. Go in the south, Misraim, draw a line east west, all the way to Ukiyanos. Anything within those two lines, any island, is considered Erzal. Menachut anything that's within the borders, the, north, uh, the north-south borders within that, uh, with Erzal. Menachut hutz la'aris, good. And now the way I explain to you, that's the mahlukah by the boat. The boat is talking about where it's beyond the line of Rabbanan, but it's still within the width of Nabi Yudah. The Be'udah says, "Say it." Rakhemim say it is Now, verabanan, how you ugbul, avdile. Now, obviously, we said the word "givul" was extra. The Be'udah used it to include all. All the UK, all the waters of the Mediterranean up to the Ukianos. What does the rabbis do with the extra word Ugbul? It comes to include islands, which means you have thought maybe only the water is included. The word Ugbul comes along and says that any island that's within those parameters, according to Achamim are going to be considered like innocent of for Maasid and for Shvi'at. The Rabbi so Yudan, Rabbi says, I don't, I don't need to pursue for islands because once I told you that the whole entire uh, mass from the Mediterranean all the way to Israel, uh, whatever's in between that's going to be included now we can read the Rashi we'll read one of the Rashi's over here just so we could, uh, you know, see a commentary that we're correct over here let's read the Rashi over here Naham Islayim that she says like this Hu hum elis Yisrael bimiksowa Marabit deromit. That's right. Egypt is the southwest border on the Mediterranean. Umechobal the Yemagadol. attached to the Yemagadol. Egypt is on the Yemagadol as well. Nechtiv, bigbul Negev vanaaso vagebul maatzmon nachla mizraim, vayutotz otav vayama nimset. Eretz Yisrael ben hor hahar ben nacham mizraim. That's what it comes out. Israel is between hor har, which is in, we call that uh, I guess Ture Amnon, mizraim. Zemi Marabit Sephonit Horahar is northwest. Zemidrubit Marabit. And the uh, other one, Misraim, is southwest. Be'ayam be'marav. And the Mediterranean is in the west. Be'yesh makom, Shayam nikhnas letuch eris Israel ma'alach yamin rabin. Be'na Horahar lenahamisraim. There is some uh, Mediterranean waters that enter into the space of, it is to say between those two points that we mentioned, maybe a day or two walking distance. So therefore, and in that entrance, there's islands. Now, they start off on the eastern side of the Mediterranean, but they also to the west, the big islands. beyond the borders. The borders of Eretz are from Horahar to Mishra'il. So you draw that imaginary line down, to some islands that are before the line, and some extend even beyond the line. Shehen Horahar, when Eretz Hilka heilka khro'in ki matuach matuwa'ch misruf Horahar, bimaharabos, amla'ad Mishra'ayif, <laughs> shareh kol maash shimitok mitsurta lal, anything that's within those borders, Eretz Yisraeli. Wumin Eretz Yisraeli, right? Now we get to the Be'udah, the Be'udah man, kol hayyam, shekeneged avir Eretz Yisrael, Unbelievable. it's unbelievable. too. it's an extra word that the width of the whole ocean or the whole sea is included in the tomb of Israel. Now according to the Nisim is the ones that protrude off the borders, to the north and off to the south. We're not going to divide it to the west, because anything towards the west is Israel. Right? There the borders on north-south, Now you do have some islands that start off within the width, but they protrude, Outside. And therefore the shamra you join your imaginary line over there and you divide the demarcation at that point. One more. He What is Caporia? It is really Horahad. It's just the top of Horahad. It's called Caporia. Uh, mm-hmm. So you're drawing your line all the way from Caporia and, and Mislav all the way to the Okeanos, which is I guess we we'll call that uh, the Atlantic, which is really wrapping around the whole world. you going right back uh, all, all that area within the, that airspace. Good. So that's basically the mahluq between Abiyuda and the Hakamim. That's the mahluq between the two Braytot and Yan Gitin. Comes and continue to be miroir. Okay, now we go back to the sugya that we learned in Baumi Bauminemirbi Abba. We talk about Syria. How did the Hakamim look at Syria? Specifically Aram Soba, which we refer to as halab. And that city has a special status, as we know it was conquered by David al-Melech, it's called Kivush David, and it was conquered as an annexation to the land of Israel. Therefore, that city, Aram Soma, has a special status in Halakha. In certain respects, we treat it like Hos Aris, but in other respects, we treat it with Kiddushat, it is Yisraeli. So the Gemara now is going to give us a thorough understanding of how you look at that, uh, that place in Surya Aram Soba. Now she says, look at three lines after they get white, Surya. He Aram Soba. V'khavshad David. V'husifad Eirish Yisrael. Exactly. That's the city that they annexed towards Eirish Yisrael. So now the discussion is like this. Let me give you an introduction. Halakha says a person has an Ebed Kana'ani. Uh, the law says an Ebed Kana'ani is Hayav in certain mitzvot. Uh, when he gets freed, uh, you're not allowed to free an Evid Kanaani, but in the event that he got free, then the law says he's higher Olde Mitzvot, becomes a full fledged Jew. Halacha mandates that you're not allowed to sell your Evid Kanaani to the Goyim Why? Because when he gets to the Goyim it's like, a to fulfill Mitzvot. So the Halacha says that they, knast, they put a kna'as on the owner. If you sell your Evid uh, to uh, Ovneko Chavim, he goes out free. Which means it's a total uh, uh, freedom that he has. And therefore, he's hayab and all the mitzvot. They can ask the guy, you want to sell him? You, you, you're going to lose him. He can never go back to you. It's, it's, uh, it's over. So the deen is like this. That's when you sell him to khusaris. Because he cannot do mitzvot. How do you look at Syria? So the deen avdo like Right, He sells his ibad to Syria to khusaris. Good, which means we fo- the rabbis are going to force the owner to free him, and he's going to lose his money on on, on, on that because he has to pay the Ivid his uh, you know the, the freedom. Or he's, I'm sorry, he's going to lose the money that he paid for. It. Okay. So what does it say? Now, I mean, do you look at it like you sold it to Hutzala Adis, or oh no, or maybe not? We learned it already. Why? What does it say? We learned it in a Mishnah. Uh, Rabbi Meir Omer, Our Mishnah, Now let's get the map skills again. Ako is to the north of Israel. Syria is even more north than Ako. You remember in the Mishnah we had a mahluk of Rabbi and Hachamim. How do you look at Akko per se? The rabbis look at Ako as chutz Rabbi looked at Ako as part of eres Yisrael. So the Gemara is going to say that argument was the Nyan Gitin. The we had a Machloket. So it was the in the no. Which is the only argument was the Gemba But when it comes to Abadim, everybody's going to say Akko is considered Chutzlaris. Now, if Akko is considered Chutzlaris, because you can Surya the hakatuba or the Mosel Surya, which is even more north than Akko. Good. So that's what the Mishnah said. When the Mishnah said Akko the Gitin, the yeah, but not the Abadim, and that's Aqel. So if you tell me Akul's Khutzahadis for Abadim, certainly Sunya look at Rashi. That she says, He goes out free, the concealer shum, they ever check with Mizvot, but as soon as the Sael Hotsahadis What what it's a suit to leave is Israel. So what, what what's already you're sending him out? You're causing him to transgress the Mizvot right there, because he's leaving As is Israel. Therefore they can ask the guy. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You're putting him, you causing him to leave Eris Yisrael. That's already avon in itself. <laughs> which means the Gemara is saying, since you caused the goy to already to go against the mitzvah of living in Eris Yisrael, so they Knasta the owner. You will you try to exempt it from a mitzvah, so you lose him. Now, Surya litzfonas to Eris Yisrael. Surya is not lehalan me'akol, in. Which is what's the logic why Gitin they have this machlokin? Because Gitin, what's the whole discussion? Are you lishma in those areas? And is there transit between the two places? So get, the the argument was ako, is it lishma? Do they know the law of lishma, And is there Shayroh Mitsuyot? However, La Vadim no, everybody agrees that in principle it's outside of any Sail. The discussion was do you have lishma in that place or do you have Shayroth Mitsuyot? But then uh Elisel, we know it's outside. So Kot and Sheken, is gonna be outside as well. Okay, now we go to the next case. In three things Syria has a deen of Eretz Israel And in three things Syria has a deen of Hutsal Aris And the gebra gives a siman Av Number one Ayn is Afara Afara tamih ke Hutsal Okay, the Afar Is tamih Like Hutsal just like we know If a person goes to Hutsal The Rabbis made a gizara that the Eretz Sa'amim is tame Because they do not Mark where they bury their dead, and therefore the concern is that everywhere you go there is tumah. So therefore they put a gezerah on it's ha'amim. So suria is included in that. like we just said, and therefore the owner has to send them free. and therefore you have to say But in three ways it's like Israel. Number one, hayevu de'maser. It it say. laws of Ma'asad apply you have to give Ma'asad on the product and also you have to keep Shemitah and if you want to enter Syria and remain pure you can but that's just a state you just said if you enter it it's not it will ask that question and you have to know if you buy a field in Syria it's like you're buying a piece of land in the outskirts of Jerusalem now we'll see what that means as well. What is the Allah's ramifications? Let's read Rashi on the bottom. three lines on the bottom. The rabbis made a on Eretz Which means even though technically the conquest of David America is considered a conquest, but it's not considered a conquest enough to take off the deen of Number uh, two, you know why? Because there was not a lot of traveling between. And therefore, if you're not going to say, you're not going to be able to make the witnesses if the husband is going to come and claim that it's a forge. So therefore, when you bring it from Syria, it says, uh, since there was not uh, uh, common traveling between the two places, you have to say, Number three, can Right, you can't go to Israel and remain pure. The Gebenahs are going to explain what that means. And if you buy a piece of property in Syria, it's like you're buying it in the outskirts of Jerusalem. Now the Gebenahs is going to take one step at a time and analyze each case. Number one, land of Syria, you treat it like land of Israel for the laws of Shemitah and the laws of Maasir. You know why? This opinion holds that the conquest of David, even though it was a private conquest, this was not a war that he was fighting like of some sort. he just fought it in order to enhance his kingdom. He wanted to annex some more land into the land of Israel. It was not for the Tzorek of all Yisrael. It was just for the personal to enhance his kingdom, for his per- personal uh, use. And therefore he wasn't done with all of Israel as well. It wasn't like the fight of Yahushua that when Yahushua been forward, all of Yisrael was for the Fiklai Israel, to the it, to the Shemateem and all that. That nobody argues. But when it comes to David's personal conquest, it's and if that has a kiddushaven in is Sahel or not. Obviously this opinion holds that Kivush Yahid Shem Kivush David Amir took it This was for taxes. He could put more inhabitants the there and collect money. So therefore that's a so, so this opinion holds that it's considered a Look at the Hashem in the second line. So he wasn't like the conquest of Yoshua, but he was with them. They con- they conquered it in order to divide it. This was personal. And the hadush of this statement is what that it's considered kibushai, which is considered Kadosh, Doesn't matter. Next sheet. What are you talking? You just told me that the Afar of this is Sunni, uh, it's So, how could you enter it? The second you enter it, you You know how we're talking about you entered it? You entered it over via the airspace. You never touched the ground. How did you enter it? They put the guy in a box. Sealed box, they carried him over like in a, like in a suspended box. The the different type of boxes, and therefore, yes, albeit he was ma'ahil, which means uh, it's so Think of an airplane, he flew over it, that's the same thing. Shedat the So they suspended him over it, like in a carriage, for example. No different than a carriage, a horse buggy. He's in the carriage on top, he's in the box, and the horses are, are wagging him. He's not, he's not they're dragging him, he's not touching the ground, he's over the airspace, he's ma'ahil. So they weren't gozer on tumat Ohil of Tuma in Syria. Even though in regular Husla Aris, they were gozer on not only the Gafsushit, touching the actual ground, moving the ground, they made a gezerah. We don't want you to be even ma'ahil because you might come to touch the ground. In Syria... Although they made a out on the ground, but they didn't make the Gezerah on the Shedat Tevah Migdal. So that's what separates you. So technically, you're right. Both statements are true. If you went into Syria and you touched the ground itself, you're it. But if you want to enter Vitahara, you can. Just go into Tevah Tevah Shedat Migdal and you will be saved. They weren't Gozer basically to Mat Ohel. Besuria atu gevshushit atu the uh, the actual. T- let's read that inside first. D'atanya because we have a bright Nichnas <laughs> le'eres <laughs> ha'amim beshedat tevah megdal. Rabbi metameh. Rabbi says you went over the airspace. Oyet tameh. Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Yudat Okay. Rabbi this is no. As long as you only to touch the airspace. Even chutz haaris it's okay. Vafilu <laughs> Rabbi and even the Rabbi that was machmir in the shedat tevah megdal. Lo kametameh el ha'eres ha'amim. Te gazur al gusha va'al avira. 'Cause he will gozear on the land as well as on the dirt. So therefore Syria has a leniency that they will not gozeir on Tumat oil. Let's read that in the Ashi, please. As says, the carrying of the airspace, it's following the bee's opinion. The bee Now, let's get the logic why the bee Yehuda says. Technically, you're in an Ohil. You're in a box. So the box should separate you from the tum'ah of Ohil. Why does the bee still say that when you're in a teba, megdal migdal, and eris ha'amim, you're Because he holds the following shita. Ohel zaruk, la sheme ohel. Which means a movable Ohel is not considered an oil, Therefore, it's not going to separate Mishum de Tum'ah. And therefore, it's considered you a Ma'ahil over the airspace of the land. Therefore, it's going to be Tam'eh. kasabanashi. Oil zaruk—that's a movable oil. Lo sheme oil. This is all subject when you discuss cars in cemeteries or cars and oil, but a car moves. So if you hold it a car's and oil zaruk, it's not considered a, 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 an oil. So every is going to affect. oil. not going to interpose between him in the land and the, in the air. And the adushas that Rabbi was only gozear on in Hustar, but not in Surya. al Gusha means al Meaning only if you touch the land itself, if remove the gusha. Is it, moving it, touching it, You didn't touch it, you didn't move it. Therefore, if you go in on the an oil, in it's surya, it's going to be Going through, the way through it. Going to sitting on a carriage, they're carrying you with uh, with you poles. Through, you don't get out. You Don't get out. Staying in the bus. So staying so in the bus. Travelling through. That's right. Point oh, okay. to me. okay. okay. You're, you're okay because bottom line, the run goes in on such a oil in it is, is surya. Come to give us the next case. You buy a piece of real estate in Syria, it's like you bought in the outskirts of Jerusalem. So the Gemara says, oh, What ramifications come out of this here? You're allowed to write these bill of document, the bill of sale, even on Shabbat. So the Gemara says, what do you mean? You could buy a property in Syria, you're telling me? And write this, the bill of sale, even on Shabbat? Yes, he said. says, Not that you are writing it. You could tell a Goy to write it. Which is, we learned over here in Masechah Shabbat, Rava said, if you're buying a piece of real estate in Israel, even though the law says you're not allowed to tell a Goy to write something for you on Shabbat, but in order to chase the goyim out of Enes Yaseb, the rabbis waived their law, and they let you even tell a goy write the document. Let's say the goy says, you know what, I want to write the document today, otherwise there's no sale. Or you're scared, if you don't, if you don't get the guy now, tomorrow I'll change his mind. And that says you can tell the goyim, write it up now. So just, no, not yourself. That's why they didn't go. That's what the people saying. No, you can't do it on Shabbat yourself, but you can tell the goy Just like on Shabbat, you'd be allowed to tell the goyim, so too in Syria, even though telling you we're going to do something as a submit of Banan, Mishum Yeshuv Eres Yisrael, no Gazur of Because it's such a big mitzvah to have property in Eres Yisrael and to settle the land. Look how far the rabbis even waived the law of Amir al-Hakum in order to settle the land. So the Hadush and the Gemaz, when you're buying a piece of land in Syria, that's like buying in the outskirts of Jerusalem, that if the deal is made on Shabbat, you can tell a Goy to write up the the, the document. But for this, the rabbis waive their laws. It's rabbinical, making the business deal, though, because Raja might come to write. So the rabbis waive their rabbinical uh, 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 laws because of Yeshua. And, it's, and Syria has that same kiddushah that the rabbis allow you to do such a thing. Look at uh, Nashi. Mishum Yishuv Eretz Yisrael. What's the mitzvah Yishev Eretz Yisrael? The of Dekoh Chavim to get rid of the goyim, veLiashem Yisrael, and to settle Jewish people there. Okay, now we move on to the next uh, subject. Introduction. Just like we learned, if a person brings a gift, we medinat tayam. He has to say mefenay nektam, mefenay We're going to learn that when a shtar that's the document that an owner writes to release his avid, is brought also from Medina Tayyam the Shaliah also has to say in order to establish the signatures good? now, also it should be noted, that when you bring this shtar, a lady was allowed to bring her own shtar as well, remember we learned that the husband can make the lady a shaliah? She is coming from Hutz Ha'aris to say When she gets to the bitti she also has to proclaim "B'fanai B'fanai And then the get is validated. Yes. So too, and the avid can bring his own get. The the Adon makes him a In take your get, meaning your get or your freedom papers, bring it to the Beitin in Jerusalem. And when he gets there, he also will have to say "B'fanai B'fanai The purpose of that is to validate the. The witnesses, because we're concerned again, if he doesn't validate them, the owner can come along later and say the thing was a forge, and it's going to be hard to find anybody that recognizes the signatures because it's a the and Sayyidis al So the rabbis gave a leniency that you could trust one man, the Shali'ah, even the Ibn himself, to say that it was written in front of me, I recognize the signatures. Now we discuss a case. Cases like this. He brought his get. It says two things in the get. It says, number one, you're free. But it also says, and all my property I'm giving to you. The rabbis say like this He's free, but he doesn't get the money. Which means, we were lenient to believe one witness to make a kiyum for his own freedom. Just like we believe one witness that the lady should get divorced. But we're not going to let one guy mikayem start on a monetary situation. There the rabbis enforce the regular that you need two witnesses in order to mikayem start. So therefore he's believed on part of uh, the deen and the other part not. Let's read the Ashi. says, the same law of bringing it back and forth. Once he comes along and says it was written in front of me, you do not have to validate it, his own freedom. However, why? Which once it's a regular monetary situation he's saying all the money he gave to me so you have to validate it in the normal way we're not be, it was, if we were lenient it's only for his freedom but we're not going to be lenient when it comes to monetary they're the regular law things. you need two witnesses Now the once you got that case the Gemara asks a, another question the guy wrote one statement all my assets are given to you now, why is that different in the first case? Well, the first case, there were two separate statements. Number one, you're free. Number two, all my assets belong to you. Here, the owner included both concepts in one statement. All my assets belong to you. Now, that's also saying you're free, because if he's not free, the assets always go back to the owner. Whatever the, owner, whatever the ever acquires goes right back to the owner. So, it's implicitly saying all my assets are yours, which means you are... Free. it was done in one statement so the question is maybe when you say on that one statement so you get both items which is in the first case they were separate items so you can split it the you know, Fanae will work on the freedom but it's not going to work on the Nechasim but when it's all in the one item one Nechasim maybe the Fanae Nichtav works but let's read that in Nashi look at Nashi the way he sets up the question In the first case they were two separate statements It's happening at the same time The freedom and the acquisition of the nekasim Basically when you write all your assets to the slave What basically you're doing You know why? Because he's, he, he, he's part of his assets. You understand? When when you tell the Evid all the assets belong to you, he's one of the assets. So that's basically telling the Evid, you are to yourself. You are free. So that's you. Which means, just like you're going to believe from the Gabay, his asset, which is himself, so maybe you don't split the item and you believe him on all assets. Or do you say, no, I'll split the item on his asset, which is himself, I believe. But on the other assets, no. In the other case, it's easy to split it, because it's two different statements. There you don't have to say, palgiv and dibura. I'm not splitting the word. It's two different statements. But in one statement, you could argue and say, you can't split the atom, You can't split the nechassim. Which means, you can't say, well, the gaber him, he's free, but the gaber the other nechassim, no. He's also Nechassim. So if you believe them for his own Nechassim, you understand what I'm going to say, his own nechassim. isn't he also an asset of the owner? So when the owner says, all my assets belong to you, he's really saying, including yourself. So never once you believe them for part Nechassim, maybe you believe him for the whole thing. Which is, maybe you can't split the word, Nechassim. Or do you say, no, you can split Nechassim and say, he's believed Lechassim himself, but he's not believed Lechassim the other uh, other nekasim that's the Gemara's question let inside ko nekasim you can't say it a third way abaye comes along it says we're going to see all the ways now You are going to see all the ways the Gemara's going to say abaye okay. mitok she kana kana nekasim abaye comes along it says absolutely once he's kone himself he's kone nekasim with it you don't split the atom. you don't split the word look at nashim no Rashi So Ravah comes <laughs> along and contends <laughs> I understand why you want to say He's going to himself Just like Get Isha We trust one guy to Mikayim Even if it's the lady herself So we trust the Ebed Hey listen This is monetary Other items which is monetary You got to have two witnesses to make the uh, kiyum. So you know what? Abiyah retracted after Abiyah's uh, uh, claim. And he said like this. The That's the third option. Which means he told him like this. You know what? I'm going to go the other way. Since he's not Kone nechasim, the other nechasim, he's not going to Kone himself. Which means we don't split it. It's all or nothing. And therefore since he's not getting this, he doesn't get himself. So comes the Gemara and says, "I'm a le ravas." So ravas, so I understand that. That doesn't make sense either to me. Pishta ma nechasim lo dekne midi daviyakim shtarod alma elatzmo nechidi midi daviyaketisha. Why shouldn't you split it? Ravas says, "I understand why you want to split it in now, because you need two, because it's regular in kiyum. But for himself, he should be calling like a get." Ela amar ravas. So ravas comes along and says, "You know what the din is? Ehadze vehadze atzmo kana." Nechasim lo kana. Rabba says you split. He's kone himself, and he's not kone. Nechasim exactly. So comes the and says, "Amal le bar matna liravah. Keman, who are you going like that? You say you could split the, the, the words. Kerebishimah <laughs> de amar palgina Debura. Palgina debura literally means that on one word. You could split and say, for this I believe it, and for this I don't believe it. Now where do you see that the Bishimon holds up this concept of Palginan Dibura? So the Geburah says, it is the Bishimon that said, in Mishnah. Let's read the Mishnah. Right? He gave him mishtar. he told him, all my assets belong to you. Yatsa bin Hurim Okay, so he goes free because he's he's part of the assets. Okay? And he also acquires everything else. Shiir, Karka Kol Shihu. But let's say the owner says, All my assets are two except for one item. And he left a piece of karka for himself. Right? Or whatever that may be over there. Okay? He said, He doesn't go free. Why not? Because since the Evid is not mentioned explicitly in the Shtar, and the guy said that he's keeping something, you know what I'm going to say that he's keeping? He's keeping the That's Let's read. Oh, Shir Kalka Koshu, so then we have to read Rashi, please. Look at Lo Rashi. Ben Chorim, the first case, right? he didn't say anything. That he's leaving anything over. Lo so amrin de Shiura. Since he explicitly said he's leaving something over, amrinan le I'm going to say that he also he meant to say that not only am I leaving karka, but he's probably also leaving. He wants part of the avid by him. V'echi amar kol How do you say kol nechasai lecha? Ash'an nechasim ka'amar Ul'hanufei leka'ate He was just coming to Like false flatter him a little V'lo shecharele K'van de lo amar Let's go slow we're, we're saying a mouthful in this case over here Let's, uh, let's get the clarity in the case over here again But, which means like this. As she's saying like this. In the first case, when a guy said, You're free, or, or basically is like telling the guy, You're free. So Tanakama says, He's free. And he gets all the Nechasim. However, if he comes along and says, except, once already you see that he put an exception, a clause on the Karka, you gotta assume that what? He put a clause, he didn't speak it out you got to assume he put an exception on the guy also on the evid once he puts an exception on the evid he's not free once he's not free so when he said that all my nekasima to you really means nothing because if he's not free so what did he say it for? He just said it to make the guy feel good. <laughs> it was like a full salary. Just to make the guy, uh, you know, feel as if he's uh, getting over here. So Now, At the end he's an heaven and he didn't get anything. At the end he's in heaven and gets nothing according to that. <laughs> exactly. The Bishamon argues. The Bishamon says. The world is a man who says. The man who says. All the things that we have to do to the people of the people of End of Suggah. That's she. According to the Mishnah, you don't read into the guy. What did he say? He said, "Your." He said, "All my property is yours, except for a little item." So that's it. You leave a little item off. He goes free, and what? You also uh, give the guy his uh, the money. Now she says, "Anchi Omar." Actually, we'll stop over here because it's a it's a long uh, piece of the uh, she. And we'll continue this uh, in the next chapter.